Praise the Lord, church family. Praise the Lord, church family. It is good to see everybody in the house of God this evening. I'm going to go ahead and get into a quick prayer over our service. Lord, we thank you for this evening. We thank you, Jesus, for protecting us and for covering us. Thank you, Lord God, for bringing us back into your house again one more time that we will be able to hear the word of God. We pray, Lord, that you would have your way in our hearts, have your way in our minds, Lord Jesus, that we would receive your word in Jesus' name. Lord God, we pray that you would touch the man of God as he teaches, Lord God, that you would use him for your glory in the name of Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you would cover all those who are still on the roads coming uh, here this evening. We pray that you would keep those who are traveling, Lord God, and we pray, Jesus, that it would be a blessing, Lord Jesus, that this evening would be a blessing, Lord God, that we would take away something good in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Call our bishop to the platform. Hallelujah, Jesus. Let's give him high praise tonight, church. Father, we give high praise to you tonight because you are the Almighty. You're your King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You're the great I Am. You're the Alpha and the Omega. We thank you. You're all in all. Hallelujah. And everybody said amen. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Amen. And you may be seated. I'd like to just say to Brother Thompson in that day, uh, I think 9.30, I don't know, 10 o'clock, somewhere like that. And he went with me and also drove for me. Boy, I had a chauffeur. And I appreciate it very much. And we were together till what time? Four o'clock, Brother Thompson? Somewhere? Okay. Well, anyways, we was at a funeral today, and it was quite full. Brother Kevin Fox's wife, you some of you have known her and seen her, uh, passed away in the middle of the week, and the funeral was today. Quite crowded and all. But we thank God for his goodness. Amen. And you have to understand he is everything. Do I? I don't have a mic. What do I get here? I don't know. I don't, I don't use these things anymore up here. I'm on the lapel. <laughs> Thank you. Well, we're going to sing an old, old number tonight for you. Uh, I told Sister, I said, well, my wife and I are going to sing tonight, and I couldn't find my mic, couldn't find and nothing. 
And I told Sister Tayana, not Tayana, but Sister Tyler, to go in Alan's office, my son, see if he's got a phone in there somewhere. Well, they found, I found my packet, but they found the court. So we got connected. Thank you, Brother Gary, for your help. Uh, Brother Thompson, for his help. Sister Tayana and Noah, for their help. So here we are. In the church. Hallelujah. My wife and I, 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 I was in my papers late this afternoon, and I was looking through the songs that we have sung in the past, so I pulled up an old one for you. What key? He knows it. And you can sing with me if you know it. There are some things that's too low. Huh? We'll try it a little higher. There are. We haven't sang for a, several weeks, and I'm having trouble getting in the right key. You've been there? Great. Hallelujah. There are some things that I may not know. There are some places I, I can't go. But this one thing I know for sure that my God is real and I can feel him in my soul. Yes, God is real. Yes, he's real in my soul. Yes, God is real. For he has washed and made me whole. Oh, his love for me, hallelujah, is like pure gold. God is real, I can feel him in my soul. Some folks may doubt. Some folks may scorn, all can desert and leave, leave me alone. But as for me, is like God washed again. His love is real, and I can feel him in my soul. Yes, my God is real. Oh, he's real in my soul. Yes, my God is real. For I can feel him in my soul. Yes, his love for me and you. He's like pure gold. Yes.
this my God is real, or I can feel him in my soul. Some folks may doubt, and some folks may scorn. Well, all can desert and leave, leave me alone. But as for me, I'm gonna take God's part. My God is real, or I can feel Him in my heart. Now I cannot, cannot tell, pardon me, just how you felt when Jesus took your sin all away but as for me yes I'll take God's part God has been real and I can feel him in my heart how about you oh yes God is real Oh, he's real in my soul. My God is real, for he has washed, he's made me whole. For me, it's just like pure gold. My God is real, for I can feel. Him in my soul. Hallelujah, my God is real. How about you? When I first met him at an altar of prayer, I didn't have no more questions. I knew who he was. I felt him in my life. And guess what? He changed it. And that's what he'll do for everyone that calls on the name of the Lord. Thank you, Sister Reynolds, for climbing the stairs again. Here. Thank you for the return. I want to I speak to you tonight on a subject that's very dear. There's something about this book. When I began, as a young man, started reading it, after God moved in my life and done a miracle, I started studying, reading it, going to church every night, going sometimes revivals up to six weeks at a time. And I tell you, it was, it was I, I, I talked to everybody I could talk to. When, when God got a hold of my heart, I came out of a world of iniquity. Brother Thompson and I uh, was together going and coming to Annapolis, Maryland for the funeral today. And it was, it was great having him with me and knowing what God has done in my life. I can tell you, God is real. 
There's no question about it. There's no guessing games about it. I found somebody that made a change in my life. And when you start seeking and searching for God, you'll find him the day you search for him with all your heart. Amen. There's quite a bit that I have to say tonight, but it's not going to take time. It won't take an, enough time here for me to do it. I was asked if I had questions. I got a lot of questions. Uh, uh, question, not question, but scripture tonight. But let me start off with this. Would you throw up on the board for me just quickly? Uh, in, uh, let's see. Second Timothy three sixteen, please. We'll go there. Second Timothy three sixteen. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All Scripture, the Bible is God's inspired word, not man's. God inspired this word. For instance, in I'm, I'm reading now from, uh, I normally don't do this as much as my son does and some of the others, but uh, it's the Amplified Old Testament. And let's read it to see what it is saying. In the beginning, God prepared, parenthesis, or performed fa fashion and created the heavens and the earth. Amen. And the earth was without form and void. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. The Spirit of God was moving, hovering, brooding over the face of the waters. And God said, isn't that amazing? God said, not man, but God said, let there be light, and there was light. Amen? So, we have something to go on. Another question I'm going to come to you with is this. I know that you, you know this, and you, you're, you're ahead of me. Is the Bible historically reliable? Can we rely on what we refer to as the Bible? Because it's God's Word, not man's. Now, man, it, it's a different kettle. Amen. But this book is written in the hearts of men by the Word of God. Amen. So we don't have no problem for this book to become ours in historically reliable. You can bank on it. God's word is forever settled in heaven. Amen. 
God said from Genesis 1 through starting at 3, verse 6, 9, 4, 11, 14, 20, 26, 27, 29, 31. Well, let me see if there's any more on here. Well, that, that's enough right there to settle the fact. God said, God said, God said, God said, God said, down to verse 20. So we have a, we have a reliable source to take the message from and rely on it for eternity. And the Bible comes about like this. The Bible, being inspired by God, the Word of God, has stood the test time and time again. It has conquered critics, can communicate life to those who believe its promises, obey its commandments, since our spiritual birth comes by the Word. We are to live by its divine light. This word is for settled, ever settled in heaven. It's not going to change for no one. God established it. He has given us the light of it, the understanding of it, and here we are. I have some other information, but it's too much to for me to try to lay out tonight about those scoffers and everything, it's too much for me to try to cram all of this in and, and, and mess it up and, and, and talk too fast and to try to get it through. So let me stay on the inspired Word of God. Amen. We li I live by it. I want to live by it. How about you? And I don't want to think, take anything else out of proportion from this book. Amen. All Scripture in 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And another thing is that the law of the Lord is perfect. In the book of Psalms, chapter 19, verse 7 through 11. Converting the soul. Did you hear that? The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. Making the wise the simple. So we, we have so much to give for people to understand. Moreover, to be desired, it's to be desired, are they at the scripture than gold. Now, a lot of people want gold. I want understanding. I want to settle things in my heart to be right. Amen. Amen. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the uh, uh, the the judgment of the Lord are right and righteous altogether. So let's go to see what Peter had to say. 
2 Peter chapter 1. For we have not followed cunningly devices and fables when we made known unto you. Now, this is what the, the apostles are writing now. When we followed, we did not follow cunning devices like fable. When we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus. Amen. There's no doubt about what we're teaching. Jesus is the Lord of all. Amen. Hallelujah. Aren't you so glad that we have one that came into this world, shed his blood, that we might have this great salvation. Came into this world, wasn't no Holy Ghost. <coughs> but he came into this world, lived 30, what, 33 and a half years. Gave himself on the cross beaten by humanity, the one that he loved, the one that he died for, to shed his blood for their sins and not his. We, we are a priv privileged people today, fellas. Everyone that prays through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he's been blessed. She's been blessed. The children has been blessed. Because we serve a mighty God that loves humanity. Why do you think he loves us so much? Because we're so good to him? If it wasn't for this book, through the prophets and the prophets, the apostles, we wouldn't be where we are today in Christ. If he hadn't gave us his spirit to have understanding in the end time, we wouldn't have enough knowledge to know that we need to, we need to get right some way. How would we know to get right with God if it wasn't for this book? This right here. This is the reason. The Bible is God's inspired work and word into humanity like you and I. He thought so much of us. He thought so much that he would come into this world to save us. If it wasn't for that, here we are would be just wandering around like sheep in a field and not understanding or knowing anything. So Peter told us that uh, what we needed to hear. The scriptures has told us. Let me, let me just talk a little bit on about three subjects here. The inspired word. Who is the author of it? The authenticity of the word. The word expressed and experienced. I'm assuming everyone in here tonight is filled with the infilling of the Holy Ghost. 
Is anyone here tonight that's not filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Ain't nobody here. Well, why am I teaching this? Because we need to be refreshed in the Word of God. That the Word of God is for us. Amen. And it never fails. The Bible is inspired by God. It's adhered to by God, His Word, and He's not, it's His Word. Now, you might write something and then want to come back and change it, but He's not changing this. He's wrote it out for mankind from the very beginning. When He created, I told my wife coming to church tonight, I said, Look out that window, that full moon. How beautiful. So, no, I'm a stargazer. That's my wife. I'm an airplane gazer. At night and day, I'll look up in the sky to see how far that plane is, how far away. And man, he's high. I look at the stars, I look at the moon. And that big, bright, grayish-like moon out there, giving us light. All this side of the earth, he lights it up. And we, we, we get people to come around and say, uh, you know, you get the skeptics. You do know we have skeptics in the world, don't you? Huh? There are those who can't comprehend and grasp the Bible, God's divine, eternal word. You have those who always has got an argument against truth. But their argument can't hold water. They'll say, is there a God? Back somewhere between the time I was in the military, like others, and, and came up here, they had, they had a going around that the Bible wasn't true. This one called Jesus didn't live. Another case was that uh, uh, there wasn't a God. Well, if there's not a God, I wonder how that big moon got out there. Huh? All them stars out there that is so far away at times you can't even see them. That's God's domain. Oh, what a God we serve, church. They argue about where did all this come from. When you start reading the Bible, that's where we get the answer, from God. When we start reading this book, it tells us where, what God did. 
Amen. And how he did it. Spoke it into existence. He created man. Huh? I wonder how where their minds are. I wonder how they could think that they are so intelligent. And when you read this, you've got the most intelligent book in your hands to comprehend and to take from. This book sheds light where no other book in the world will shed. Share it. Freely. Freely you have received. Freely give. That's what the Bible says. But we can learn so much from this book. Knowledge. Understanding. How to live. How to conduct ourselves. But some people can't seem to ever get to that place in their life. And there's so much going on in the world today. For instance, false claims of critics, the atheist. Therefore, any record of him, they say that uh, there's uh, no man like that. What about the liberal theologian? What about him? How about the stubbornly agnostics stands his ground and claims that God, God's existence can only be proven by this, by norm disapproval. He holds a similar, a similar opinion of what you believe. Liberal theologians, they accept and expound on rather vague, lifeless thoughts. And they like to really get people believing that. And, you know, the devil uses this type of individual to destroy men and women and saints of God. Some say the Bible is a collection of age-old and widespread myths. That's the reason the church needs to be strong, attentive to the bread of life. Amen. Make sure we're trying to get the bread. Hallelujah. Memorize it. Amen. Hide it in your heart and let nobody steal it from you. It's too important to lose the Bible. And other critics equally blinded in their groping claims of the Word of God to be the product of less than sane men. Sane men. Well, isn't it a shame that we find ourselves in a, in a time of turmoil that we're in today? I've never seen the world as in 
such a turmoil that's going on in the world today. But I do believe, I can say this, within the past two and a half to three years of what I've been observing, I think the Lord could come at any time. So what are we going to do? We're not going to accept the fact that the Bible is not true. We're going to lean on it more. We're going to trust in it more. We're going to preach it to the church and the congregations that come in and people that are going to make this home, this church their home. We want to help them. Amen. There's nothing greater than this Bible. Nothing in the world. There's not enough money in the world even can buy this Bible if I couldn't get another one. I wouldn't sell it for $1,000. I wouldn't sell it for the money that somebody could lay down. If I never had the opportunity to get another Bible, they couldn't buy it. Amen. Because this is life. And if you lose this, you lose everything. If you miss this, you've missed everything. Amen. And so, aren't you glad that God kept this through the articles of man that he wrote all of this in? And he, he had it published. He had it written down by the scribes. He protected this for us. This end time. Amen. I want to live by it by the grace of God. Amen. I want the church to live by it. I want people to live by it. Amen. Because I want to live by it. I don't want to take something out of context that shouldn't be. I don't want to mess it up and all. But that's the scripture. The Bible says, 2 Timothy, he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is proof, pardon me, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The Apostle Peter knew that the Holy Scripture uh, were not the work of men. This book is not the work of men. The author of this book is Almighty God. The author. Hallelujah. The Bible only gives us one time that Jesus ever stooped down To give a question to men and started writing. One time that I've I've covered, Brother Gary. Any other time that he was writing? Any of you others that he stooped down to write? We don't know where he wrote it anywhere else. But we do know he wrote that. But he's the author. 
of the entire 66 books of the Bible. What, 27 in the New Testament? I've, I've, I've missed the number for the Old Testament. 39. So we're living with, with such beauty in our hands that gives us food for our soul. If we keep this in our heart, we'll make it. I think world, amen, I believe if we maintain that word in our heart through the Spirit, we'll make it. Amen. I'm too far on my journey. I'm only 85. Huh? No turning back. I got nowhere to go. Huh? <laughs> Nothing's going to be what eternity is going to be. Heaven will be what makes it, what was it? Jesus will be what makes it heaven for me. That's, that's not for me. That's for you. That's for you. We're just telling you how to get there and how to stay on the right track. Praise God. You know, the devil will get us off. He's gotten many precious people off the track of keeping the faith that was once delivered to the saints. What was the faith that once delivered in the New Testament to the saints? What happened after the day of Pentecost? Amen. So, we are, we are in a need like we've never been before. We need God in our life. Amen. We need the Lord to help us. The purpose of the Word. What is the purpose of the Word? Well, to study, to read, not just to study, but to be inspired. You can read scripture, and it that doesn't seem to hit the spot. The next time you're reading it, well, I read that before, but it didn't do to me what this time it's doing for me. It's inspirational. The, why? Who wrote it? The master wrote it. That's the reason it's inspiring. Amen. Not because man wrote it, but the Lord put it in there. Why? Because he knew what humanity was going to need. His word. Praise God. And this word is so precious. God is precious because we serve him. That's what makes him precious. Amen. He wants to help us. God wants to help humanity. But so many of them 
doesn't want any help. They feel like they can do it themselves. Critics down through the time have clamored loudly in their insistence that the Word of God is not to be taken seriously. That's amazing, isn't it? There's people that never open the book, just, just push it aside. I don't want to hear that stuff. You can believe it if you want to, but I don't, I don't believe it. Well, you know what? All of those that talk about the book, that it, it, it's not real, it was just men that wrote it. They wrote it, but they're not the author. There's a difference. There's a difference. They wrote it, but they're not the author. The author created all of it for his glory. And man didn't write a thing. He wrote it down from the author that, in, that had it there in front of them, and they wrote. The scribes wrote it as he gave it to them. The apostles wrote it as he gave it to them in the New Testament. So, when I was after I just I got into church and and all. Uh, in high school, there was a fella there going to school. I was in trade school, and uh, I was in electrical for a while. I was in automobile mechanic for a while. I was taking; they was giving me something else for a while, and all. Uh, so this fella that I was, uh, I knew. Uh, asked me what I was doing. He said, "What are you? What are you doing?" Hurt. I said, "Well, I was at that time this morning. I was praying, praying to the Lord." He said, "Praying to the Lord." Well, he said, "You can't see. No, but I can feel him." You can't see him unless he presents himself to you. And he's not going around presenting himself to every Tom, Dick, and Harry wanting to see him. Have you, see, have you seen anybody that's seen him? I wish I, I wish I could. And he didn't like it because I told him I was talking to the Lord. He said... Uh, he ended up with some sour remark. I didn't like it. Uh, good thing I wasn't talking to the Lord. If that had been something else, we'd been in a fight. I could have got whipped, but uh, he didn't know he'd been in scrap. But you know, here we are in this end time. And all of that has happened before us. And and we read it, and then we read it 
in the book. And we're reading things today in the paper that's just hitting the front pages. And what does that mean? That means we could be in the battle of Armageddon. Really. We're, so, we're closer than we think, church. The coming of the Lord is closer than we think. I do believe that. We may not, he may not come. But boy, your, your uh, first lady, Sister Kathy Reynolds, teaching on, from out of the book of Revelation, I tell you what, some may not really think it's real, but I can tell you in my spirit, I feel the coming of the Lord is closer than the church thinks, and a, and, and a lot of the nations in the world think, and all. Look what's happening right now just in Israel. And things that are, what's his name, has just been restored back to Netanyahu. Just saying. He's talking some stuff serious. And other nations are talking stuff. Look what, look what uh, uh, Khrushchev, not Khrushchev, Putin is doing. We're on the brink of an all-out war. It could happen any time. He's been killing people over there of his own nation. Just like flies. So that makes me to know and feel that we are on the brink. Of a, of a catastrophic change coming by a nuclear war. But we know that God is still real. God still controls. Amen. And let's go on here just a minute. Several purposes of the Word of God are given on transparency, which I don't have by this, this, in trans, uh, transparency packets. But we live in the day of non-essentials in a generation where the luxuries of yesterday have suddenly become the things we cannot possibly do without. Amen. We need to be aware that God doesn't need tanks for his judgment. He doesn't need none of that. He could just take his universe, the fowls of the air, and command them to do his bidding. We serve a mighty God. Are you afraid of his coming? No. 
but I want to make sure that what I'm doing is right. And the church, that's what he wants the church to do. Make sure you're doing it right. That's the reason God puts great men at time in our lives to lead us and tell us, give us instruction. Why do you think God gave us a book? He gave us a book to read if we can read. And that's the reason we go to school, learn how to read, how to add and subtract, and how to understand the Word of God. So there's so much to go on. We, we are not getting all of it. Let me say that. We are just not getting everything that God wants us to have. The Bible is our blueprint for walking after and living for God in this crazy world. The only thing that's stable is God. Our government's not stable. Amen. Our farming is not stable. It's wobbly right now. Farmers seemingly are having difficulties, but God's not worried about all none of it. He doesn't lose no sleep. He doesn't take naps and worry and daydream of what's going on. He just knows. He's got the blueprint. In its pages we find the meaning and the resuming of our journey. Keep walking. Keep praising God. Keep working for the glory and the kingdom of God. Don't settle for less. Keep the faith. Because it is from the word of God that we find strength. We are all weak. Comfort and companionship when we are lonely. Courage when we are afraid. It's encouragement when we are walking in the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. There's so much that is out there that we're not, the church in itself seemingly is not getting the impact. The authenticity of the Word of God. My goodness. The Old Testament. Our present-day Old Testament consists of 39 separate books. Amen. We are uncertain as to the exact number of writers who penned these manuscripts for us. But we need to learn and read, read them as we can. Trust the Lord to help us to memorize them so we'll know them and all and understand that God is in charge. One of, the first, one of the first questions raised by the opponents of scriptural inerary is, how can we begin that Old Testament scripture as we have it today? Perhaps the greatest point of Everything is the validity. The Old Testament is the foundation for the new. Amen. 
we don't live under the Old Testament. But it's the foundation. Amen. God's Word can help us to settle everything. Nothing is impossible for God to do in your life and my life. So we're living in a great day. Greater than what we think. So I still got a little bit of time, right? Who's keeping time? Now, why did you say that? That's all right, Brother Dave. That's all right, Brother Gary. <laughs> I see, I see. Hands going up to see. It's a quarter till, I know. I think. I might be a minute off, but not much. Huh? Okay. Well, let me give a couple of more statements. And I got so much, I'm not going to finish it anyway. The Word of God is validated. It's, it's real. That's the reason we need it. That's the reason people need to be in church. Amen. Reading and learning. That's the reason we, we, we want our children in their younger years coming to church. Amen. They need to hear. You know, uh, sometimes I think, I think pa parents think their children don't need the church to hear the Word of God. Well, they need it. They, we need down-to-earth teachers who love children and teach them the Bible. So when they grow older, they won't depart from the Bible, from the church. They'll stay steadfast. Amen. We've lost, since this epidemic and all, for the past three years, We've lost quite a few people in the church. You know that. I hope you do. I hope you see the, the, the people that have, you know, left. I don't know what the reason is, but for whatever it is, it's dangerous. Because you step out the door one day and say, I'm not coming back. You know what? You may not live to get to heaven. It's too close. I don't know what others feel, but I've been feeling what Sister Tammy's been teaching, uh, the book of Revelation, and what's happening, what has been told it's going to happen. Guess what? It's, it's going to come to pass. This book is going to bring it to pass through the Word of God. He's done told it and to let us know that it's going to happen. Concerning the validity of the Old Testament. And it was discovered, the, the scrolls, remember the Dead Sea Scrolls? They were discovered in 1945. And telling us things. The Dead Sea Scrolls. It is in interesting to compare the Dead Sea Scrolls to the 
Masoretic, M-A-S-O-R-E-T-I-C. Can you help me? I said it the best I could, but I don't think that's totally right. But here we are, going way back in yonder years, that things that were prophesied, things that was going to take place, now it's happening. No wonder David, in Psalms 119, verse 11, made this assumption. David promoted to write thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. This word have I hid in my heart. The New Testament with its 27 books comprises approximately one-fourth of the entire Bible. And in that, it covers how we can get saved very explicitly. Amen. In it, it will begin with heralding the birth of John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, and all that's conglomerated in the book of Revelation that he gives to John to write. So we're living in a close proximity. Church, that, that we don't even understand how close it is. But remember, it's going to happen, and maybe sooner than we think. Amen. God is good. I urge you to keep the faith. Keep serving God. Don't turn to the left nor to the right, but keep the faith. Keep serving the Lord of glory, the Holy One of Israel. Amen. He's coming back for a people that has made themselves ready. And we have time. We have time. I, I, I'd like for you to consider taking on the responsibility of praying for those that have walked away, those that have left the church. Amen. We, if you see them, that you could speak to them. What are they doing? Where are they at? They need church. They need the church. They need to, if they're not concerned about coming back to church, you can't make them, but you can pray for them. We need to pray for the church. Let me say this in general. I appreciate our, our Spanish that are coming. They seem to just connect. Uh, the last weekend when we had our uh, service downstairs, did you notice how they were coming in and start taking down chairs or taking down tables and stacking them up? The men and the women, everyone was involved. This is their church. It's not our church, it's his church. It belongs to the Lord. I was telling Brother Thompson today, we he when we before we left here, how that 
uh, God gave us men to put this church up. Amen. Uh, the the uh, brick mason, uh, sister uh, sister uh, Leah Waters' brother. I baptized his mother and father, prayed him through to the Holy Ghost up here, and this church became a soul a soul saving station, and his family got saved. Leo, uh, sister Charlotte Halstead and Forrest Halstead. There's too many for me to count. But this church was a soul-saving station for them. And it needs to be a soul-saving station for your family or your children or somewhere in, in your uh, pedigree of your family that needs church. And we need to be as conscientious about it for their sake as anybody else. And when people start maybe getting as serious about them serving God. They start coming back. Let's receive them. Let's tell them we appreciate them. We're praying for them. And let's have them back in love with Jesus. Serving Him. Well, God is good. And the Bible is inspired by Almighty God. Never lose that. God is the inspiration of the Bible. Stand with me tonight. The time is moving faster than we think. Amen. I appreciate you that are here tonight. I know we're slim, but you know, uh, so be that we're praying for the church, that God will touch lives. People that came. I just talked to somebody here just the first part of this week. I talked to a man today, Brother Thompson, didn't I? Out here on the parking lot, working on his car. Asked him, a young man, and him and his father don't get along. And we wouldn't have known that if we hadn't started talking to him. Uh, Brother, Brother Thompson said, there's somebody out there on that car working. Well, I said, turn around and let's go back and check. So we got out. I got out. Brother Thompson got out and was talking to him. He was working on his car. And out of that, he told us he and his dad didn't get along. Well, that just brought another Thing. Another question. Do you go to church anywhere? You're welcome. We'd like to invite you to church. Amen. Just popped out. And we, Thompson and I both just talked to him. Brother talked to him. Brother Thompson talked to him about, I'm not sure. What did you ask him, Brother Thompson? Do you recall? Well, we know one thing. He doesn't go to church. But, but we invited him. 
So the Lord bless you tonight for coming. Whether I appeased you tonight or not, I don't know. But I want to tell you that God's word is true. And you need to obey it and keep it in your heart. Don't let it slip away. Don't let nobody steal it from you. And especially don't let the devil. And don't let nobody else argue you out of your experience. And the devil is the number one argument that you're going to stand fast for. All right. God bless you. There's too much here for us to continue anyway. And so I want to tell you that uh, thank you for coming out tonight. Uh, our young married couple was at the funeral today. Thank you for coming. Your dad was there. Did I see your mother? I, did, I may not have shook her hand, but I, talked, I spoke to your dad. And you two were right in front of him. I didn't see you to catch the picture. Anyway, but I talked to your dad. Good to see Sister Colleen back in church, feeling better. My wife is feeling better. I just ask you to continue to pray for her leg. It's healing, but boy, it has been a trial. But God is, God is touching and healing. So thank you for your prayers. Thank you for uh, putting her name before the Lord in your prayer time. God bless you. And Sister Colleen, we're happy that you're feeling better. And Brother Gary, your mother. So a lot of things happening. So keep the faith. Let's pray and be dismissed and may God richly bless you. Be careful. This coming by the weekend, it's really be some bad weather in this area. Raining. And it's going to be tough. So they say. But let's be mindful of it. Pray for the church. Brother Gary, lead us in prayer. We give you praise tonight, Lord, for all your benefits and all your goodness. Directing us and guiding us to do your will. Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. May God richly bless.